Welcome to Sparkle Magic, the podcast to help you shift energy, become present, and connect to your heart. My name is Tessa Berkmans, and I am looking forward to share this journey of curiosity, inspiration, and conversation with you. Hello, 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 dear one. Thank you for joining me once again um, during my podcast, Sparkle Magic. Today, we have a curious conversation coming up for you and for me. I'm recording this just before I'm jumping on the call, actually, with today's guest, Richard Barrett. I don't want to share, actually, too much because... I'm just really excited and curious for the conversation. And if I want to add any additional information about how Richard came into my life or what he means to me, I I might do so afterwards if it doesn't already will unfold in the conversation itself. But I really want to let Saul at play. He is maybe, I should say, one of my... Well, he is my biggest teacher, I suppose. One of them, at least. Um, I love him very, very much, and he's a very, very, very dear soul to me, um, very dear connection. So without further ado, I'm going to leave it for now and trust the process. Even I feel a little like, oh, but we surrender, we let go, we see what wants to unfold, and it will be perfect exactly as it is. So enjoy this episode, and I'll talk to you just a little bit afterwards too. So here we go, the curious conversation with Richard Barrett. Mm, yes, so we are recording Richard. Brilliant. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome to my podcast Sparkle Magic. Well, I'm so happy to be here with you on your podcast Sparkle <laughs> Magic. <laughs> yeah, well, um, as I just said, I'm always going into it super open. So we're just going to have a fun time. Sure. Um, I'm I'm really excited to have you here and to I just said a little snippet before, and I said that you are one of my not even maybe the biggest teacher in my life, which you know, right? Mm, I think life is a teacher, but maybe I'll come I, second. I know, I know, I know. But anyway, I haven't I haven't said anything about how we met or who you are or whatever. So that That's can where all we happen. Start. That's where we should start. <laughs> well, I have one thing I always like to start with, but you can choose because I like the the co or co co-creation. Um I always like to start the call with a little check-in and I have my cards here which we pull like one card and maybe it will tell us something that we reflect on on the end. Sure. Should we do that first? Well, you can do it. I'm going to watch. Okay, fine. So, well, just um, because I find it important for people listening to the podcast too that they will have a moment to become present. So they hopefully will become a little peaceful and quiet now. Um, and these little cards, you know, too. So I'm going to a couple more I've seen them the first time when I was with you mm. I'm going to tell them all in a second oh you can choose one too I have all these little angel cards here you can say stop now now no I can say stop now yeah 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 <laughs> stop yeah. Oh. okay 
Nice. So we have, in any moment, I can surrender to the powerful presence of love through prayer, contemplation, and stillness. Yes. Okay, I'll surrender. Perfect. Yeah. Love. Oh, my gosh. Truth. Oh, my. And the one which came through patience. Oh, that's for you. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> because I don't have any. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. It's, it's one of your values that you're working on. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> yes, wonderful. Okay. So do you want to kick off and tell us who you are or whatever you want to say, really? I mean, um, what do you want to say? I want to talk about how we met because it was very fortuitous and I'd like you to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story? Yeah, I'll chip in every now and again. Okay, and I, I'm actually quite in, in, interested to hear from your perspective too, but I'll, I'll start. So um, in 2014, I moved to London and one of the big things I did was doing this acting course at the Royal Central School for Speech and Drama. Correct, yeah. And then I met you because you are one of the attendees on the on the course. Absolutely correct. And so this was twice um, twice a week, and um, I remember being fascinated that you were partaking in the in the course as you were. I believe were you sixty eight at the time? I was forty years older than everybody else on the course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and so I do remember as well, through the course, we were paired up with people, but I actually worked quite a lot with you, I believe, right? You did, yeah, yeah. We we did this uh, scene together, uh, some sort of Russian scene, you know. Yes, An An Anna Karenina. Yeah, right. Yes. And I couldn't remember my lines and you could remember yours. <laughs> I could. Yeah. Yes, you were, yes. You were good at it. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, I do remember maybe asking you throughout the course, like, what is it you do? Because I, at the time, if I think back on myself, I was much more shy and, but I was definitely always curious. You were curious. Yeah. I didn't um, notice you being shy. Nay? No? <laughs> Nay? <laughs> no, we can talk in any language you like, but... <laughs> Let's go with English as well. We'll go for English. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, but uh, then I do remember you, I guess, saying to me that you are an author, but I couldn't really remember on what topic. And then we stayed, or I suppose it was just, it didn't really click into my mind. I, I, no. I describe it that way. And then, um, yeah, we stayed connected over Facebook and you were traveling the world and... Then I moved back to London after my master's and I was working for Lululemon. And one of my goals in 10 years time, I've written my own book, Performance Magic. And I remember you being an author. And at one point I just had this spark thinking, maybe I can reach out to Richard and, and we can have a coffee once. Like, I'm curious what his work is about, because I did know you were an author. What year was that? Um, that was the first time we went to, um, the humanity awareness. So that was, I guess, 2017. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then, um, yeah, you you agreed. We went for a coffee. Yep. And then there you were with this beautiful book covered with butterflies, which was your work. That latest book. Say again. That was my latest book. Yeah, the evolutionary coaching. And then um, you told me your well, maybe I paraphrase, but as I recall, you your work. You said my work is on soul consciousness, and I was like, oh right. wow. What is that? And then you told me and all of a sudden everything just made sense um, because for a long time I sort of felt like what is spirituality and I didn't really feel resonant. And then when you were talking and instantly there was just such a resonance um, and that's where our love story began, I suppose. Well, actually already in 2014. Well, yeah, with Anna oh. Karenina, yeah. <laughs> It was written in the stars. Yeah, that's right. And then um, I found out what you were doing, which was um, aspiring to be um, a, a singer. You already were a singer, of course. And then I invited you to come to um, a meeting near Oxford called Humanity Awareness Initiative. And uh, if you would sing uh, for your supper, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty much what you did. And you were a complete knockout. <laughs> And I could attend too in this really valuable time. Yeah. So that was uh, the story of how we got started. And from that point on, it's been pretty regular, apart from the time you spent six months on a boat going around the world singing. (laughs) You missed me. I was like off offshore, literally. (laughs) Yeah, you were. But we were still in touch. Yes. Once in a while. Yeah. We couldn't miss each other. Okay. Yeah, but um, so tell, well, can you please tell the people listening, because I'm sure not everyone is instantly understanding the concept of soul consciousness as in similar to me when I was sort of curious, like, oh, what does that mean? Sure. So it comes to the question, who am I? You know, it's like a question that everybody asks at some point in their life, and particularly young people these days. Uh, who am I? And then comes the next question, why am I here? And then comes the next question, what is my purpose? And so soul consciousness has to do with that because we think we are these three-dimensional material beings, uh, but actually we're energetic beings, and our reality is our soul. You know, I say to people, do you have a soul? Or are you a soul? And usually when I do that, they put the hand up for both. And I say, well, you're a bit confused, actually. I mean, you can't be both. You either have a soul or you are a soul. And so then I explain to people that they actually are souls. They are incarnations into this three-dimensional physical world, this material world. But their reality is actually from another world. And that world is where we go back to we die is where we came from before when we were um when we entered the when at the point of uh not birth but a very the, the point of conception mm-hmm. um and uh, so for the first um 
18 months of our lives and the seventh and the nine months in the womb, we're actually living in soul consciousness. And then gradually we get to be, realize that actually we're no longer in that other realm. And we begin to see, feel this sense of separation, which for the soul is really painful because it comes from this connected world. And so the soul then creates the ego. Now the ego is going to look after us for the next uh, 20 or 30 years in some some cases all their life. Um, And um, the ego takes its job seriously. It doesn't know it's a psychic entity created by the soul. And the the ego uh, does a good job to keep us, help us to survive and feel safe. Um, And, um, but as it's grow, as we're growing up, we're we're living in an environment, a parental environment, a cultural environment, and we may not get our needs met. And our needs are at the beginning, in the first two years, our major need is survival. We need to feel cared for. We need to feel nourished. We need to feel loved. And then from two to about eight, we want to feel that we belong because we want to feel safe. And so that's really important at that point, particularly in the parental framework of our existence. And then from about eight onwards, we start going out into the world and school becomes important and all the way up to 21, 22. And there, that's a different environment and we want to feel respected and we want to feel acknowledged. And uh, so we'll do anything to try and get respected. So first of all, surviving. And then we learn to conform in order to fit into the family environment. And then we learn to differentiate ourselves by being respected by our peer group. Now, if we fail in any of those areas, um, we learn the limiting beliefs. So I'm not, I'm not good enough. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not loved enough. And um, I'm not enough. And so those stay with us because during those first 22 years of our life, believe it or not, we don't have a fully functioning brain because the brain is growing and developing at the same time as we are. So for the first two years and in the womb, we have this uh, reptilian mind brain, which is body mind, which keeps the body functioning. Then the limbic mind brain becomes dominant, which is the emotional mind for the next few years. And then up to about age eight or nine, the rational mind, uh, the neocortex takes over and it goes on growing and developing the rational mind or the neocortex until we're about 22, 23. So, you know, if you're a young person, a teenager, you don't have a fully functioning brain until you get to your early 20s. And, you know, and that's why we do stupid things when we're teenagers, you know. It's like, oh, we all do stupid things. Yeah, because we don't, our brain is not fully functional. That's okay. That's the time of our lives. Let's just do whatever we want. But... What we're not doing is we're not being conscious. Mm-hmm. You see, to become conscious, you have to be aware of how your actions and behaviors impact other people. You have to be aware how your thoughts and beliefs impact your physical and mental health. And you have to care about that. And that's when you start to become conscious. And that usually begins in the mid-20s. Some people never, in fact, most people on the planet never get to that point. I mean, if you want a good example, just look at Donald Trump. I mean, he never got past these first three stages of development. He never became conscious. And so he's still trying to get his unmet needs of uh, met from, wants to be loved and wants to be respected and wants to feel that it's enough. And and he doesn't because 
all his actions and behaviors are trying to get these things, these needs met, which he never got met in his childhood. So anyhow, that's just a brief overview of what we talked about. So what happens, one more point, Mm -hmm. from that point on, we start the recovery of the soul. We go to the fourth stage of development, which is individuating, where you begin to say, "Hmm, who am I? I'm not the product of my parents. Those were their beliefs. What are my beliefs? What are my values? I'm not the product of my community. What are my beliefs? What are my values? And you begin to individuate and find out who you are. Now, we met when you were just moving into that space. And it's been an amazing journey, almost together, that we've had as I've been helping you move through that space Mm -hmm. of the individuation. But you're doing very well on your own, but every now and again, Mm -hmm. we have a little chat about things that need to be sorted out. Mm -hmm. But individuating is a process that goes on from early 20s all the way up to the late 30s. Mm -hmm. And at that point, when we begin to have our own values uh, and know who we are, we begin to say, well, why am I here? What is my purpose? And then we move to the next stage, which is finding meaning and purpose in life through our natural gifts and talents. you're very fortunate you found your natural gifts and talents and what brings you joy in life and that's unusual Mm. and so and then that becomes the recovery of the soul because the soul incarnated into your body for three reasons one self-expression two connection through inclusion and making a difference and contribution and so these three things are vitally important in our lives fully expressing who we are, connecting with other people to make a difference, and contributing to the well-being of humanity. Mm-hmm. And the earlier you can start to do that in your life, the more fulfilling your adult life will be. Mm-hmm. Okay, finish. <laughs> finish. <laughs> well, thank you for all that. And yes, I, I know that when... Um, so whenever I sometimes have a little something or I will tell you and then um, you always say, well, yeah, great progress. You are in the individuating space. And I'm like, oh, God, till when? Like, I always think, oh, does this need to ha- last till I'm like 40? <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> You're learning to be you. So patience is always very much my friend. Or trying to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I keep reminding you about that. I seem to recall. Yeah. What do I say? What do I say? Follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. Well, yes, and and the funny thing is, Richard. You know, people who are and some who will listen to this too. The other day, I was on a call or sort of a gathering with women, and I was one of the hosts. And then the other host says, as Tessa always says, follow the breadcrumbs. And I thought that's. <laughs> My words. I'm just taking them on. Um, but yes, follow the breadcrumbs. So what does that mean? It means like, you know, if you want to if you want to capture a bird, that you lay down the breadcrumbs and the bird will come into you and, and, mm. and come to you. So, so that's what you have to do. You have to follow the breadcrumbs. Uh, and what does that look like? It looks like synchronicity, mm-hmm. unconnected events with common meaning. Mm-hmm. It looks like soul impulse, listening to that voice inside that says, no, don't do that, do this. And then also this uh, feeling of alignment where, you know, something happens and you respond mm-hmm. and you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because you're out of alignment. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's following the breadcrumbs. It's like, oh, I need to get back into alignment because if it was in alignment, I wouldn't have this instability going on inside me energetically. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that instability, which sometimes we call pain, is really positive because it's saying, look at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is why you're stuck. If you're feeling pain, that's why you're stuck. I mean, you know, if you knock your knee and it's painful, you know, when you go to the doctor, you say, look at my knee. You don't say, look at my arm, because your arm isn't painful. Your knee is painful. All right, so it's the same thing. Emotionally, when you're feeling emotional pain, well, what is it that's happening to you that is causing that pain? And look at it, because it's a lesson, because you're out of alignment, basically. Mm. Yeah. And there's always so much to talk about because I mean it's so expansive and it's so exciting and I love it so much and I'm honestly well I know you know but I'm just so grateful if I even just think back on those synchronicities that we yeah that I've been fortunate to to have you in my life that's really precious and I want to do I do want to sort of ask like what if somebody meets you because I think there is a lot um interesting when people um, introduce themselves how they stand into their power who they say they are there's a lot revealed there but so if I would ask hey Richard yeah introduce yourself what would you say well I'd say Tessa that's an interesting question I'm still working on it (laughs) (laughs) no I would say (laughs) I'm a soul having a human experience Mm-hmm. I'm an energetic being experiencing life in this three-dimensional material world mm-hmm. and trying to get along and learn the lessons that um, I came here to learn um, and to minimize uh, upsets in my life and realize that actually I can get along and be successful or fulfilled in my life if I let go of fear mm-hmm. because fear is the opposite of love and it's a low vibrational frequency. And so when you feel out of alignment, what you're feeling is that vibrational feeling of love. It's like holding you back. It's a heavy feeling. You know, when you've been to work for the day and you come home stressed, it feels heavy. Mm-hmm. That's because there's fear in the stress. And that energetic fear is what is that heaviness that you're feeling. When you're in love and feeling joyful and loving what you do, you come home in the evening and you're, you don't have that heaviness. You have that lightness. And, and, and you have to pay attention to that because that is the barometer of how aligned you are in your life. And notice the experiences. You don't want any more of those heavy experiences. You want the light experiences. So if you're getting heavy experiences every day, well, whatever it is, give it up. Stop doing it. You know, as I say to you sometimes, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just before we went on this car, I was like, I haven't prepared much. It was like, stop it. <laughs> said, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's good. And fine. This is something I learned from you too, remember? Feelings inside not expressed. Yeah, right. So we don't use the word fine. No, no, because, no, no. Because the act, so why do I say that? Because Feelings are the access point to the energetic equilibrium because, mm-hmm. because emotions are created and they show up as feelings and the feeling tells you if you're in alignment or not. And that's a, 
and that's what, so when people they are afraid or don't want to share their feelings, it means that they're hiding away from their inner reality. Mm. They're mm. not being conscious. Yeah, yeah. And and just when you you started talking, when I asked about how do you introduce yourself, this calm came over, and that's something as well, which I always find so um, educational, I suppose or interesting from people who are further along the line. And I suppose that is what we talked about before too, where a young person has this drive or ambition. And um, yeah, when you shift more into service and contribution, there is less justification needed, I suppose, or um, yeah. showing yourself. But but yeah, but we don't, but, but these stages are natural. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not like we don't want to have that drive experience. We don't want. It's not like we don't want to have that achievement experience. It's just the phase of life you're going through is perfectly normal. Yes, yes. It's perfectly normal, and as you get older, you go through different stages. It's like seasons of the year. You know, you go through the different seasons. Well, we go through these seven stages. You know, once you become an adult at the twenty around twenty, there are four more stages. There's the individuating stage. The self-expression stage, self-actualizing stage—that is the second, the, uh, the fifth stage, the sixth stage, which is integrating, and the seventh stage, which is serving. Which takes us all the way around back to the opening where you drew the card, which said um, surrender. Yeah. Now, surrender to me means surrendering to the soul because. You are your soul. Your soul knows why it came into this world. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to make sense of the world, but <laughs> the soul knows why it came. Mm-hmm. So if you can surrender to those impulses mm-hmm. and not the impulses of the ego, which are driven by fear, oh, look at me, I'm so beautiful, mm-hmm. or I'm so strong, or yay, oh. that's just the ego talking to cover up that tender inside which has doubts mm-hmm. about whether it's being loved or whether it's uh, good enough or whatever. So as we get older, we begin to realize, mm, yeah, I don't need to cover that up. I can be, I can be truly who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, then you begin to access your vulnerability. And sharing that vulnerability is pretty important. But, yeah. you know, that's not something that men do very well. Women do it a little easier. Um, but men amongst men will not share their vulnerability, which is a huge mistake because they just, you know, they're, they're living in, behind some sort of facade mm-hmm. uh, and they never show the real selves. Yeah. Mm. I have like a couple of questions, but there's one thing I want you to say too, because I cannot remember, but it was about soul consciousness is the destiny, spirituality is the journey, or what was it again? Okay. So when you focus on spirituality, you're focusing on the journey. Now, there's lots of wonderful things in spirituality. There's yoga, there's meditation, there's mindfulness. There's all sorts of amazing things. But when you focus only on that, you're missing the point because actually the real focus is the destination, which is to live in soul consciousness, to live in soul awareness. So people who constantly focus on spirituality, never really get to the destination to understand who they fully are mm-hmm. and what their gifts to the world. They're just, 
you know, the, it's very healthy, all of this spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good for you. It's good for the mind. It's good for the body. But it doesn't get you to where you need to be to live a soulful life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for me, what I see too, integration is very, that's, we can all be beautifully in our mind or whatever, but the real work happens with our feet on the ground and to actually have interaction yeah. with conversations or yeah. bring it I, really into practice. Yeah, and that that's the stage of life, which I call the sixth stage, which is usually happens after the 40s and then the 50s, where you, you bring it all together. Mm. You know, it's... um. In the 40s, you begin to explore your own soul's self-expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then you say, well, okay, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I love to do. Um, now, how do I integrate that so that I can be useful in the world? Mm-hmm. Now, this is actually, I've never asked you this. I know we've had a conversation before about that I that I'm curious about the ages and stages. I know a lot of people ask about this, but all of a sudden I wonder as we move on, as worldviews are in a higher space than when we look back 50 years ago, for instance, would you, if you would go sort of in a predicting or hypothesis space, do you think that maybe that there might be a shift over time? Okay. I get this question all the time, particularly from people in the individuating stage or your stage. (laughs) They say, you know, I'm really, I'm really into making a difference. And therefore that's stage six, not stage four. Right. And I say, well, okay, where is that making a difference coming from? What is it you, what's driving it? Okay. And the answer usually comes uh, achievement or uh, injustice um, or writing wrongs you know and i said fine that's where making a difference comes from at the individuating stage mm-hmm. at the sixth stage in the 50s making a difference comes from empathy mm-hmm. it's like it comes from the feeling of walking in somebody else's shoes and realizing as you listen to them that you feel their pain mm-hmm. now the next stage the last stage, you get to compassion, whereas not only do you feel their pain, but you do something about it, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah, so what what really happens, like someone like yourself who's already quite well advanced at a, quite a young age, and I meet more and more people like this, is that you're just going to move through these stages a lot more easily. Mm. You're not going to accelerate that much because it's just the life phase that you're in, you know? It's just you have to get through this Phase and it's got all sorts of connotations in the external world. You just got to get through it, but it makes getting through it a lot easier, especially if at the individuating stage you learn to let go of all of those fears that you learned when you were living in your parental environment and your and your home environment, and your school environment. And we all learn, we all have these fears, and you know these fears will stay with you for the rest of your life. But the key is to master them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Even at my grand old age, I mean, I still have, I'm still triggered sometimes by situations. But uh, I've, I've realized that uh, I can actually, although I've worked on them, um, I realize that they'll always be there because they're so deeply embedded. However, I don't take two days to get over it. Yeah. I can get over it in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And that's the key. I call it personal mastery. So don't think you're going to spend your whole life living without fear. No, those fears that you learn in the first 20 odd years of your life, they'll stay with you. But what you have to do is learn how to master them and not let them disrupt your relationships or your job or whatever it is. Because you'll be triggered, but you say, hmm, I just created my reality through that. I just, whatever just happened is like, wow. I just created that reaction. Why? Well, because I've got this deeply embedded fear that I learned when it was appropriate to learn that fear, but it's no longer appropriate. You know, and so you, so that looking at yourself is very important. So that we call that the self-witness. Yeah. And that's in in the individuating stage in your 20s and 30s, you can learn to engage your self-witness so that you can learn to, understand yourself and say, oh, there I go again. There I go again. I just got triggered again. I just created my own reality because nobody can upset me. Mm-hmm. Why? We always upset ourselves by wild beliefs that we have. You know what I mean? Nobody can upset me. Nobody can, you can't upset me. I can't upset you. You upset yourself by the beliefs you have about what just happened. I remember the first time you told me this and I thought, oh, that's interesting, but it really, really, it's true. It's its maybe a little mind boggle to get around because the world yeah. around us kind of makes us believe it to be different. Right. But, um, okay, cool. I want to kind of shift into another question. As you know, um, I always talk about performance magic, that magical moment in time. And I just wonder, have you ever experience something like that now i don't mean being on well you i know you are sometimes on stage too but i mean that magical moment like true presence what does that mean to you and have you had an experience you want to share that with us hundreds and thousands we just go for one (laughs) (laughs) i would i would love to hear them all but i i know timelessness is on our hand when the other day, me and Richard were out for a walk. What did you say? That time has accelerated when we were together. <laughs> but anyway, let's go back. Let's do one. Okay. Well, so um, this these magical moments actually come to me every day. And um, these are the moments when my soul is very present. And usually they occur about two or three o'clock in the morning. I wake up and my soul is in that half sleep. I'm in a I'm in a, 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 a vibrational frequency where I'm very receptive to whatever my soul wants to tell me. So every day, I can't think of a day in the last month I haven't been up and around at two or three o'clock in the morning writing because I've been receiving information. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, to be there, I'm, I have to be very present. So it's interesting. You know, I go to bed at quite early at 10 o'clock. I, I, I sleep and then I just awaken and almost not fully and then that half sleep half awake you know the day has gone the past the new day hasn't arrived and here is this moment where i'm just totally connected with who i am at a deep level and so so then i get up and i you know and i work for an hour or two and with these wonderful ideas and i write my books and things um that's one example. Another example is, you know, when I go, when I do a presentation on stage or in these days by Zoom, um, I'm totally present. And so uh, my wife, Krista, says to me sometimes, why are you watching the video of yourself? 
<laughs> well, I want to find out what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was in another space, you know, and that's performance magic for heaven's sake. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. <laughs> I do that too. And sometimes I'm still, I suppose, coping with the fears of being scared to be narcissistic or whatever because sure. listening to your, it seems a little silly, but I so agree. I don't know what I'm saying. I, uh, no, I forget. It comes out and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Your performance is in the moment and you can look back on it. Now, so, you know, so there, that was interesting. You talked about those little fears about narcissistic. You know, this is where I said, get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. But then what I am learning, and I know we've talked about this before too, but I know to, I'm very verbal. Well, duh. we know this. I'm very verbal. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to Just say... Just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> I like to say things because it, I literally sort of see it that it's out of the channel because otherwise... Yeah, yeah. You are, you are one of the few people I know I can have a conversation with for an hour and I only speak for five minutes. <laughs> I'm joking. Is this a compliment? Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Compliment taken. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm yes. joking. No, I get you. Um. So, okay, next question. Live the story you want. I feel all these questions are maybe a little weird in a sense because I know from the space you live. But anyway, I'm going to ask anyway. Live the story you want to tell. Yeah. Do you th well, do you feel you are living the story you want to tell? Yeah, totally. And uh, But it all, hasn't always been like that. You know, no. you, have, you have to, as you let go of the fear, then you live the story you want to tell. You become, uh, yeah, you become who you really are. And the only thing stopping you are the, the fears that you have about mm, what other people might think. Mm -hmm. yep. And, you know, you get to a certain age where you just don't care anymore. You know, it's like, bloody hell, who, who cares what they think about me? I just do what I just, I just am. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, uh, the things that come out of my mouth and out of my pen and out of my writing, people seem to like. Mm -hmm. And they like the fact that I can, that, that, that uh, they like these ideas. And that's what attracts them to my work. You know, I'm, look, I don't want to, uh, you know, okay. So, you know, yeah. I put. Do I, I need to say get over it right now? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I have 8,000 followers on, on, on LinkedIn, you know. Awesome. And I picked up a. Uh, you know, uh, in the last 90 days, 1,500 people looked at my profile. Now, wow. why? 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 Because I know I, why. Because I posted stuff. Yeah. That, that got to them. Mm. That they resonated with. Mm -hmm. and, and they said, yeah, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. I want to find out more. And uh, so this has been an interesting experience for me because in the last um, month, six weeks, I've done, I don't know, seven or eight posts on LinkedIn. Um, and people, at least 10 people have done posts about me on LinkedIn. So that's a lot of social media. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, and it's just, just accelerated and accelerated. 
Um, so when I put up one of my old books from 10 years ago, The New Leadership Paradigm, and I, and I, and I showed what Amazon had given it a five-star review, mm-hmm. um, as we speak today, that was three weeks ago, 7,000 people have viewed that, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many hundred comments there are, but they all think it's a new book. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's like, oh, I've got a new book. No, no, I wrote it 10 years ago. It, it, it was just ahead of its time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think as well, because you're so authentic and present in everything, it's so real. And people love the, the realness. They crave to that real connection. And you are visible. Like a couple of weeks down when I needed to step into my shine or power I saw it's a a weird metaphor but I saw this corner shop and they had this a frame outside saying we we sell coffee we sell this we sell this and I was like yes Tessa that's what you need to do too you need to tell people what you do and similar to you 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 put your posts up on LinkedIn like hey this is what I do and there are the people right and and again, uh, why do I do that? Because my soul wakes me up at two o'clock in the morning and says, do this, do yeah. that. It's not like I'm out there trying to convince people to like me. No, it's just like mm. I'm following the breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I do, this is just my personal the, the contemplation, I suppose, but I'm always trying to define the soul voice or the fear voice or the, the, Ego the voice of love yeah. or the voice of fear. Yeah. That's right. So the ego is part, can be positive, but the ego can also have these fears. So this is a phase that you will go through as you connect with the soul to differentiate between the ego voice and the soul voice. Now, the ego voice, uh, the, the ego voice that you don't want to listen to is the ego fear voice. Mm-hmm. And, and it will be holding you back. It will be limiting you. Uh, or it will be all about your self-promotion over other people. So you can you it took me about five years to distinguish between these two voices. I remember very well going through that phase. I was in my late fifties at the time, and um, it was uh, because I was asking the same question to myself: Well, which is my soul voice and which is my ego voice? And I learned eventually that uh, if there's any any attachment to fear at all, or wanting to look good, or wanting to be loved um, and uh, there was behind that was this fear voice mm-hmm. and I had to let that go mm-hmm. and then wanting yeah because then I suppose when you switch into consciousness it's okay to consciously choose I want to look good or I want to take it sure as long as you're not putting anybody else down yes no, you see, this course. is what happens is that judging Mm-hmm. is wanting to look good at the expense of others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, look, you know, when you look at your life and you ask yourself, well, uh, how many times a day do I judge others? Mm-hmm. You, you know that that judging is all about, you know, defending your own ego. Yeah. You don't need to judge anybody. You are who you are. Mm-hmm. And the less you do the judging, the more you've become fully who you are and accept other people. Mm-hmm. So judging is all about trying to be better than other people because you feel inadequate. Yeah. I, I like to be like a candle. 
Good. I hope nobody Good. blows you out. That <laughs> <laughs> when you are like a candle, the the kind of candlelight, it's quite magnetizing because people are being drawn to it. Sure. Um, it can give light to other beings. It doesn't mm-hmm. lose its own light. And then when, even when a, a wind comes around, the light flickers and when it's, when the light is off, you still know your wick, like your soul, I suppose, and you know what to do, and there's the light again. Yeah, and even though it flickers, once once all that disturbance around you is gone, you're no longer flickering. You're still mm-hmm. that light. You're still that beacon. You're still that lighthouse. Right, exactly. Okay, so what does guts mean to you? And You know where this... People, I suppose, hope I hopefully they know about the song, but guts. It's an important word for me. And what does it mean yeah. to you? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. It's not a word that I use. And when you announced that you were, had this song called Guts, I was a little surprised by that because I think in your native language, it is actually uh, has a slightly different connotation or meaning. So mm-hmm. um, guts has to be courage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's how I translate it. And it means that I have the courage to face my fears and do it anyhow. Yeah. And to be true to myself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what Guts is about. And, uh, and the song is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's a very transformational song. It's perfect for people in their 20s and 30s because this is when you need courage and guts. In fact, courage is what I call a level four word, a stage four word. Uh, because you're overcoming fears, and that's uh, so. I love to play that song when I'm doing my personal transformation workshops, uh, because it says it, 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 the words are dead on. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Are you going to sing it for us, or are you just going to point us to it? <laughs> I was not really planning on it. Okay, but fine. I know. Well, as you said, I am always ready too. So I mean, sure. <laughs> No, just just give us the that the, the chorus. Just give us the chorus. You don't even have to sing it. Just say it. It's, it's so just meaningful. a little thing for people listening. Richard, you know, when I started with performance magic and everything, he says, yeah, you are always like going around it, but you need to sing. You need to perform. Because remember, that was in Italy. You were like, I, that was really, yeah, I must, I know, I know. Okay. Enough being said. It will take guts, but it is not too late to realize you can change your fate. Don't reach for the stars, try to make them come to you. <laughs> and the next piece? Uh, I don't know. Okay, of course you know. That's you... enough for now. It's oh, enough. That's enough for now. Okay, all right. All right. So what does it mean? What does it mean to you? I mean, let me return the question. Guts. Hmm. Well, I, I I like to briefly tip on what you said. I get you when when you say about it's a, a slightly different vibration in in Dutch. Yeah. So the Dutch word is called lef. And if I would translate courage to Dutch, I would say moot. So there are as well in the Netherlands or in the Dutch language, two different words. Um, And I think when I say guts to English people, it makes me chuckle a little bit because it's quite a, 
it's not a very sophisticated word i feel no and it actually you know for some people it's, it's a, like it's like what's in my stomach you know <laughs> So I kind of like it for the sense of disruption that they think, oh, guts? It's like, <laughs> yeah, listen to the story. It's a real good story. Um, but what does it mean to me? Um, yeah, courage. It's that that sort of driving force in a good way. But I suppose the soul, that, that stream which is always going, and you need to, it, it will take guts to do things but you just know that is the right thing to do yeah exactly um so that's what i would say you can't avoid it it has to be done yeah and 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 it's just this thing and i as you know but i can be very impulsive oh yeah <laughs> when i feel that i'm like i need to do it right now um but that's then i suppose my gut's being bottled, bottled up because i i think i don't have anything to lose i mean if I don't do it tomorrow, I can be gone. It's just all happening right now. Why not? Right. So, but have you ever had a moment of guts fear that you needed to overcome the guts fear? You needed to go. Oh through? yeah, plenty. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carol's um, one because well, I uh, think it's important to say that for a lot, uh, a lot of years, you were um, a global architect of global transportation and you misheard it because it was global architecture trouble global transformation yeah <laughs> that I, when i was 45 i realized i'd not got it quite right i'd i'd, I'd been living a misspelt life <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny i always think that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no i completely changed career when i was 45 i mean you know and that's the time you do that's for the time of self-expression is well. mm -hmm. i couldn't i couldn't stop it because all my friends said you're crazy you're crazy you you know you've got a leadership position you're known throughout the world for being a you know a transportation engineer i was working at the world bank and i said well, yeah i can't do it i'm bored i'm totally bored I've got to go where my soul is telling me. And they say, well, you know, you're giving up six-figure pension, tax-free, you know. How are you going to survive? I don't know. I will. I'll find a way. <laughs> now, so that, so that took guts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is a big guts fear moment. My goodness. Yeah, wow. yeah that took That's, guts. I feel applause, applause. All right. Yeah, well. Okay. But, but many many people have that in their lives. Many people have that in their lives. Well, this, moment, this moment of this moment of decision when your whole life changes because yeah. you can't you can't avoid it. You try to avoid it and you can't mm -hmm. because you feel you get depressed. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people, if we map it to jo Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. A lot of people might hear the call, but they or don't even hear the call. But they, they, yeah, they might they don't not respond. Say. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, right. Okay, yeah. So um, let me think. Is there anything else? To say? I I feel. Do you want to maybe share your sort of? I know maybe you don't know, but what is your vision moving forward? What okay. is the story you want to tell, or what? Yeah. Okay. So this is a this goes back to my core philosophy, 
So if I think I know, I'm denying my soul its expression. Mm. So my soul knows. Mm -hmm. So I got, I got where I go right back to the beginning of our conversation. So I am the servant of my soul. Mm -hmm. So I can set myself goals. I can set myself a vision. But what's the point? Mm -hmm. Who is it that's setting the goals? Who is it that's setting the vision? Mm -hmm. Well, it's my, my good old ego mm -hmm. that thinks it knows. Mm -hmm. And so I would rather just relax and say, my soul knows. I'll just follow the breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's the best way because if I set goals, I may be limiting myself. I mean, ever thought about that? I mean, I might be limiting myself. If yeah. I set a vision, I may be limiting myself. Yeah. So why bother? Yeah. But wouldn't you agree? Intention. Intention is the thing. Yeah. But wouldn't you agree, though, that when because we've done something like that before with the meditation to connect to your soul, for instance, right? that, well, goals is not really my cup of tea either, but I suppose sort of visioning exercises in order to connect to your soul voice. Exactly, 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 exactly. To connect to the inspiration. No, so hmm. so we're, we're connecting to the inspiration which comes through you. That's what happens to me at two or three o'clock in the morning. I get the inspiration in spirit Asian. yeah yeah that comes from the soul mm -hmm. and and that's what i that's what i listen to yeah. and that's what i do so i can totally trust that voice mm -hmm. it, now it takes a while to trust that voice it, i can totally trust it so i don't have to worry anymore about my needs because all my needs are met before i even know i have them because i just totally trust yeah you see me doing that mm -hmm. many times i just trust Yeah. I don't get, I don't get, I don't get possessed by the idea I've got to do this, I've got to achieve that, mm -hmm. and as a result, I achieve so much more than I could ever imagined. Yeah. Because I get out of the way. Oh, patience, Tessa, patience. I was just earlier today on the call with Jamie, but then we were talking about. I was just sharing that last week. I I noticed I was a workaholic. I was just so making myself so, I suppose, being so hard on myself. And then this week, I'm much more relaxed. And then I also said to her, I know now, if I need to do lots of work, I know I will do it. As in, if Right. You don't have to be afraid about it. You just, yeah. it just happens. Yeah. Okay. 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 So let's wrap it up. Like we know we can talk on and on and on, but we need to be mindful of time. So we will stop now. Okay. Um, le let's re reflect back on the words in any, and in, in any moment I can surrender to the powerful presence of love through prayer, contemplation and stillness. Right. And then love, truth, patience. Right. And then I would add the word trust. Yes. Trust the process. Trust the soul. You know, you're not who you think you are. <laughs> you're this energetic being that had a reason to be here. Everybody's got a reason to be here. Mm -hmm. So just get in touch with that and you'll be joyful. Like it's you are. So, it's, it's so exciting. Yeah, because sometimes I'm like, where does this even come from? I feel almost too joyful that people think, who are you? I'm like... I don't know, just me. Um, but um, yeah, okay, okay. So what will you take on from this conversation? 
I'm oh. thinking of myself too. Okay, fine. Uh, what I, do I have to tell you? Yes, please. I would love to know. Okay, so what I take from this conversation is that you are a star. <laughs> That's not the reason for asking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and you twinkle very brightly. Yes. <laughs> You're very magical in that way. <laughs> thank you. I, I take lots of joy on. You do. And um, from this conversation, which was also because of you. And I, I love just, yeah, I know, I know, but about this energetical being, just being. Really, okay? Because sometimes, and even in the beginning when we worked together, I was a bit, this suspicious voice would come around, like, I'm not sure if this is true what he is saying. <laughs> That was my grounded, or no, my down-to-earth Dutchness, parental behaviorisms. Okay. Okay, Let's... so I've got a last word for you, all right? Okay, yes. Let the doing flow from the being. Mm. When you're in that state of being, you will allow the doing to come from there, which is what I do at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, basically. Allow the doing to flow through the being. Yeah. I think that's a good thing for people to remember. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, I think this is enough. Um, okay, yes, I'll I'll stop the recording. I hope everyone and oh no 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 where where can they find you? Because I mean I'm sure more people are curious. Well, of course on LinkedIn, Richard Barrett. Okay, so if, uh, you can find my books. I've written thirteen of them. Some of them you might be interested in. And that's at uh, www.barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T, Academy, all one word, barrettacademy.com. And look up books. You can find out everything I'm doing is on that website. And it's a lot. And so one really exciting thing are the e-courses. And I believe there are yeah. a couple of free ones if they want to try some. Yeah, you can, you, you can sign up for my e-courses and you immediately get three e-learning courses. You immediately get three courses free. And I think the one I would recommend for everybody is living a values-driven life at home, at work, and in society. It gives you all sorts of tips for living a values-driven life, which is uh, something that happens in your 20s and 30s. You begin to learn that beliefs separate you from other people, whereas values unite you with other people. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a bunch of clerics together from different religions and you ask them to come to an agreement on their beliefs, they would never do it. Mm -hmm. But if you ask them to come to an agreement on their values, they would probably do that in an afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, and there's so much, so much, so much wealth on that information or on the website. So everyone can either ask me and I'll, or message Richard, but um, yes, awesome. Okay, okay, and you can, you can get me at richard at baradakami.com, email. I'm very accessible. Yes, yes. Okay, bye. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That was an amazing conversation, and I cannot even start by summarizing it or anything. So I just let it be as it is. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have, and... I will certainly listen back to it maybe a couple times even because there is just so much wealth being shared 
Um, once again, if you have any questions or if you want to reach out to either Richard or myself, just let us know. And um, yeah, it's just such important work to do. And I'm so excited for you to have been able to listen to some of it. Um, once again, as always, the invitation, share it with friends, family members, whoever you feel would resonate with it as much as you do. Together we can... Uh, together we we all walk each other home so please um, be in service that way lots and lots of love may you be well wherever you go um, and live the story you want to tell let the love sparkle magic until very soon bye bye <laughs>